Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Bobby Jordan. Coach Jordan is an assistant coach at Wagner College. We talked to him today about his journey from being a college player to a Division I coach. We also talk about how he's become more self-aware and how he cultivates a growth mindset. I hope you enjoy this podcast and that you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me on and looking forward to our conversation. Yes, sir. Uh, I look... I look kind of at going down your bio, whatnot, and there's a lot to, to cover. And I'm so thankful that you're on uh, because we get, you know, I think we can get a whole perspective um, from each coach that maybe is unlike the other or there's some similarities, but there's always something different. And that's what I like about kind of how we've been progressing so far. So, but the one thing that's, that, that still is going to be kind of, uh, always explored is is how you were introduced to the game, Coach. How did that happen? Uh, well, I was introduced to the game uh, at a young age. Um, really, kind of just grew up in in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is a actually a big basketball city. Um, yeah, you know, especially in high school and college basketball, and obviously with the recent success of the Sixers. Uh, so, just growing up in Philadelphia, basketball was always around. Uh, local playgrounds, uh, just neighborhoods where, you know, sports is kind of, you know, a big thing in, in each and every neighborhood in Philadelphia. And everybody, you know, really grows up on the park pretty much, uh, you know, gotcha. playing any type of sport, whether it be basketball, football, um, really just staying active. So who was your guy, AI? Uh, you know, because like Barkley kind of already kind of passed his prime when he left there. Uh yeah. So who who was your Barclay favorite player? was a little Barkley's a little uh, before my time, yeah, but yeah. Uh, AI is you know was, was obviously huge in Philadelphia, loved in Philadelphia, still is to this day. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I was a big big AI fan uh, growing up, and you know loved the Sixers during that time. They were having a lot of success when I was younger. Uh, so just remember. We'll never forget AI stepping over uh, Tyrone in the NBA Finals. That was that's kind of one thing that always sticks out in my mind. That's tough uh, when thinking about him, and and then the crossover on Jordan. Yeah, uh, when they were playing him at home, I think that was his rookie year. Yeah, uh, those are was. kind of just things that never leave your mind. Uh, you know, at a young age. It's interesting what one player can do for a city, especially a world class city like Philadelphia. You know that that that's amazing the kind of impact and influence uh, one person can have. And it's, and I don't want to say it's just athletics, but it's kind of just basketball at the end of the day, when it comes to the professional level, it's like, how did this guy have so much of an impact? And he, he was a hooper, but I think that kind of dives into kind of what, why we talk about what we talk about the influence, the impact that we can have on the communities that we're involved in. Uh, so now being at Wagner college, uh, you know, those experiences that you had coming up, what were they like in high school and then at the college level as a player? 
Uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, playing in high school for Roman Catholic, which is uh, one of the premier high school basketball programs in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and then move, moving on to Drexel University to play for Bruce and Flint. Um, the one thing that has really, you know, through my time playing and, you know, being at those places and one thing that has truly translated into, you know, now being in college basketball, um, and coaching, uh, has been relationships. Uh, you know, there's, there's guys that I've played for that are still coaching AAU teams, uh, um, that still have their programs from, you know, over 20 years. Uh, so just, you know, growing up around that and, and being able to, not only be a part of that as a player, uh, be a part of that as a coach. Um, and now, you know, in, you know, seven out of the last 10 years, being a part of that as a division one basketball coach, uh, it's been pretty cool to, you know, be on all three levels, um, yeah. you know, in terms of playing, coaching and, and recruiting, um, all those p- programs. So, yeah. uh, relationships is kind of the biggest thing that I've been able to carry over from those experiences and and I think it's been a big reason why I've been able to have success in this profession and hopefully it will continue to allow me to have success. So in all that coach who who or what influenced you to go into the coaching profession because you talk about it and you talk you know you have there's a lot of enjoyment I'm pretty sure with the success that you had uh, but there was a point maybe where when you were a player in the college level you had to look past you know maybe what you were doing at the time as a player and said, how do I stay in this game? So who or what influenced you to go into coaching? Yeah, I've had two big uh, people in my life who have influenced me to get into coaching. Uh, first was my father, uh, who was, you know, you know, like normal fathers do throughout their, you know, son, you know, sport career. They're, they're coaches, they're on the sideline with you, they're driving you to every game. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you get older, taking you to every practice, every AAU tournament. Um, and just saw that, you know, the passion that he had for, you know, giving me every opportunity possible to be successful, uh, you know, made me want to do that, you know, not only for, for my kids, my two daughters, especially when they get older, uh, but also for other kids too. Uh, you know, just to give them opportunities to, you know, basketball can change a lot of lives. And that's one thing that I've always thought about. And, you know, he really showed me that. Um, and, and in terms of, like, college coaching, uh, my college coach, Bruiser Flint, um, has been a mentor for me ever since my freshman year at Drexel. Uh, showed, me, showed me the way of, of getting into college coaching. Uh, you know, the dedication, the passion, you know, the desire that you need to be in that field. Yeah. Um, and although it can be a crazy field at times, uh, it's a rewarding field to be able to go to work every day and, and to coach on the college level. Definitely. Uh, there's there's so much uh, impact you can have. And, you know, because you're catching guys at a time in their life where they're truly, truly looking at their future and it's right in front of them. And they're saying to themselves, yeah. what do I still pursue this dream of playing at the next level professionally? Or do I kind of get to what I really, really need to do? or want to do, or my passions, my whatever that is, you cannot, you have such a huge impact on that time and in a mo- probably one of the most memorable times of, of, of young people's lives. Yeah, for sure. So, Coach, uh, kind of going down the line where you've coached at as well, I'm looking at, you know, you, you were head coach at Girard Prep School and then IMG. 
Uh, IMG is very, very well known. A uh, ton of talent comes through there, you know, across the board. Ba I mean, I would, you know, baseball, football, basketball. I'm sure there's other sports that I'm I'm not mentioning, but I'm sure those those sports are, are pretty stacked as well. What would you know, coaching at the high school level like that? Uh, what what was that like as far as at that level? Uh, I mean, the one thing uh, that IMG kind of presents is, is obviously unbelievable resources uh, for not only the kids. Uh, but for coaches as well, um, you know, and, and that was a big appeal for me in, in moving my family down to Florida and, and taking a job at IMG. Um, you know, after I got there and kind of saw how everything worked, uh, they really treat it like a college program uh, for a high school team, just in terms of resources, like I talked about, um, the amount of time that we spend with our players uh, throughout the year, uh, just because, you know, it's, it, that way as an academy um, for players to get better in the classroom, players to get better off the court, uh, and players to get better on the court. Uh, so that was one of the biggest things that I took away uh, was just how everything was run, uh, how organized everything was, uh, and just the ability to, you know, high level. Um, in high school, there's a lot of challenges of guys playing other sports or you know, resources in terms of, you know, weightlifting facilities and, um, you know, other maybe not being able to get to the gym all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's never the case at IMG. Um, and then the fact of, you know, just being around so many great basketball minds. Uh, we had a staff of about 15 to 20 coaches from all wow. different backgrounds, all different levels. Uh, you know, so one of the biggest things I found out over the course of the year was, you know, just the ability to, to develop and get better. Um, you know, everyone talks about the growth mindset this, this time um, nowadays. And, you know, that was one of the big things for me was to not only go down there, coach, and do a good job, but also to grow, yeah. um, and to learn from other guys and, and to be open to a lot of different ideas that maybe I never did before. I maybe might not have thought of before. Um, and that really helped me develop as a coach. Yeah, constantly learning. Uh, like Kevin Eastman says, a learn it all. Uh, always having, yep. always having your your mind ready to expand and your curiosity to be kind of uh, peaked sometimes. So during your career, coach, was there ever a time where you felt like maybe coaching wasn't the path, or maybe you made a mistake in the road that you went down? Was there anything that ever happened, you know, during that time? Uh, well, I mean, I I've, I've been let go as a college coach before, and and. You know, very transparent. That's a rough time for a coach. Oh, definitely. Um, and, and we've all been through that at least probably once in our career. Um, if we haven't, we've been lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, at those times, it, it kind of makes you rethink, especially when, you know, you're having a family and, you know, you're worried about a lot of different things that can come up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that, that's a tough time for a coach. Um, I, I never lost my passion to coach, per se. Uh, but those times, you know, you kind of second-guess yourself. Uh, but the biggest thing for me was to kind of stay out there, and that's why, you know, after all that happened, I kind of got into the AAU, mm -hmm. uh, back into the AAU world, and, and kind of just wanted to stay out there and coach, you know, top-level players, um, you know, be part of a top-level program, and, and, you know, kind of just keep myself going in those times that, you know, you you might be second guessing yourself, but then you realize, like, I still got this in me. Yeah. Uh, so 
that's probably the one time that I would say, you know, not not maybe just for myself, but for a lot of coaches, they start, you know, maybe second guessing themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. And you know, that comes down to just, uh, or again, going back to your identity. You got to remember, you know, kind of who you are. Revisit your intentions from the beginning of why you started doing what you were doing. And then realize, like, no, I was I was called to do this. I was meant to do this. However you want to look at it, and then really just find you know find a positive approach and a positive attitude and move forward. Because it yeah, it stings when you get let go. It stings pretty bad. You got to kind of forgive the other party in a sense, and then also forgive yourself for maybe some of the things you feel like you did wrong or you didn't do enough of. Because guilt can kind of step in as well. So I, I see that completely, and I'm glad you didn't, Coach. Really glad you you kept the path. Now, uh, so that in, here again, going back to the, the high school level that you've you've coached at, and then now here at the Division One level, uh, what are some of the lessons you learned in coaching at the high school level that have helped you at the college level, or vice versa? Uh, I mean, in terms of the high school level, uh, one of the biggest things I learned about it is it's really just you know developing, continuing to develop a, a better relationship with the players over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, at the high school level, it, it's not so much, you know, cutthroat in terms of playing time at the college level. Um, and you're obviously dealing with scholarships on the college level. Uh, and the one thing I kind of learned on the high school level is, is kind of developing a relationship with, you know, not only your starting five, but, you know, your, your second five, maybe your yeah. – you know, 11th, 12th, 13th man on your team, uh, you know, because in high school, it's really about the experience for, you know, not only guys that are going to play on on the next level, uh, but also for those guys that, you know, might be doing something else. They might be, you know, future doctors, lawyers, um, yeah. you know, businessmen uh, over the next couple of years. And you want them to look back on their experience and, and say, you know, coach treated everyone equal. Um you know, he didn't discriminate against anybody. He he really made me feel a part of the team, even though they might not have been a you know fifteen or twenty points per game scorer, uh, but they felt just as good about the team and and the coaching staff as maybe the best player on the team. Wow, no, that's that's huge, coach, because that's how you get. Uh, I think we all kind of want kids to get the the idea of a family, of a uh, a true kind of village. Uh, mentality where it's like we're together now we're all in it for the same reasons for the right reasons uh, but I guess at times kids can kind of feel ostracized or maybe not valued and what you're talking about is just giving everybody value by giving them an ear by giving them attention and there's nothing exactly. better yeah, there's nothing better than a than a, a team that's that's not just valuable on the court but valuable off the court that's fantastic coach so you know given that what have you learned about yourself during your time as a coach? I mean, one of the biggest things I learned about myself is, uh, you know, really just the ability to grow. Um, you know, like we talked about learning and the growth mindset earlier. And I, and early on when I was a younger coach, I kind of, you know, really didn't think about those things. I was kind of excited to be in the process and kind of thought maybe I had all the answers or, you yeah. know, I played at the Division One level and, you know, I kind of knew what it was about. And I, I didn't realize how much room I still had to grow um, in my career. Um, 
like we, like we talked about, on the court, off the court. Uh, so that was one of the things that I, I've learned, especially over the course of the last five years, is, is kind of how much growth I still had left um, as a father, as a husband, um, and as a coach. Yeah. And a lot of those things go hand in hand a lot of the time, uh, especially in the coaching profession. Uh, so that's kind of one of the biggest things that I've really learned about myself over the last five years. Fantastic, Coach. I like what you're talking about as a as a husband, as a father, uh, because all those kind of, uh, they affect each other, uh, whether we want to admit it or not sometimes. We all want to be the consummate pro, walk into the locker room, we're the same no matter what happens in our personal lives or vice versa. No matter what's happening on the court, we don't want to take that home. But the reality is sometimes we do, and sometimes it could be overwhelming. And the more that you get to know more about yourself – and, and realize that you only know what you know, and, and that when you know that, then you can grow, uh, as, a, as opposed here, again, being a learn-it-all instead of a know-it-all, and, and that's fantastic, Coach. So you talk about your family, talk about your wife, you talk about, you know, all the things that, that you've learned and who all is on this, this journey with you. What, what do you have to sacrifice, Coach, to do what you do at the level that you're at right now? I mean, that's a great segue into kind of what this answer would be is I think any coach at any college level, um, you know, they, they have to sacrifice their family at times. Um, you know, especially at our level on the road recruiting, uh, you know, working out now in the summer, the NCAA allows you to work out in the summer, uh, which wasn't necessarily the case when I was a player. Uh, you know, it, it's a 365 day a year job. There's, there's little time off in, in college basketball. Um, even if there is time off and it's kind of downtime, your phone is always ringing, uh, you're getting emails, and, and you're even thinking about things. Yeah. You know, you're thinking about your team, you're thinking about your program. Uh, you know, So your family is, is something that you have to sacrifice. And, and I think you had a guest on earlier that kind of explained how you know, his wife kind of understood that and um, you know, kind of knew about the college basketball profession. And, yeah. you know, I'm in the same boat. And I'm fortunate to, to have a wife that played college basketball, coached college basketball, who pretty much understands everything that goes into it. Yeah. Um, you know, but the sacrifice of your family, it can be tough at times on guys. Um, but when you have people around you that really understand what your goals and ambitions are in this profession, uh, it makes it a lot easier on you, and it makes it a lot easier on them, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think – and I think um, – you know, you guys had talked earlier in one of your earlier pods about, you know, having your family be a part of the team and bringing them around. And, and I think that's huge yeah. for families. And, and I think your players and your program really enjoy that as well. Yeah. Because uh, they just don't want to see you as a coach. They want to see you as, like we talked about before, a father or a husband. Um, they want to know who you really are off the court as well. Yeah, humanize yourself to them, not just as an authority figure, but as a regular everyday Joe. Uh, similar, yep. similar to their parents, similar to their uncles and aunts. You know, I think that's really important. And, and the reason I ask every guest about sacrifice, because a lot of times coaches will say sacrifice is pretty much the same across the board, man. You sacrifice time with your family. And, and, and I get that. But the one thing I want is for the listener, the player who's listening, the parent of the player who's listening, all, everybody who's involved in this or wants to be involved in it, needs to know, like, coaches, they do sacrifice. They're not just asking mm-hmm. your son, your daughter, uh, your your baby to sacrifice of themselves. 
and develop as a player, they need to develop. They're developing, and they need they need to understand that player coaches are trying to develop to be better coaches, and they're giving of themselves. So I think that you know the sacrifice question just comes up for that simple reason that it's yeah pretty standard. Everybody sacrifices time with their family and, and different things, but why? Why the people? The why? Who it's applied to needs to hear this. I think. And that's why I ask it, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad you kind of brought up, you know, the the past uh, episodes where we talked about how to graft in your family, uh, allow, you know, your family to get involved so it's kind of seamless in a sense. So so I appreciate that. Um, so here again, we cut, I, and I ask the same question to everybody because I feel like we don't, we're, we're so busy and we're so caught up sometimes, like you're talking about getting calls, things being on your mind. Uh, kind of running, you know, there's a rat race going on in your head, especially coming this weekend and the, the rest of this month where there's recruiting going on. Uh, we sometimes don't stop and think about what do we want our legacy to be. But I think it's very important because we're living in the now, but tomorrow's coming. We're, we're, we, want, we want to end up somewhere, so we got to begin with the end in mind. What is it that you want your legacy to be when your career is over, Coach? Yeah, I mean, when I finish my career coaching, uh, I mean, I think what I really want people to say about me and my legacy is is not how many games I won or anything like that. I mean, I want guys to say, you know, that that guy worked hard. He, he for everything that he got in coaching, he earned. Um, and I think guys that do that have successful careers. They 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 things just weren't given to them. Yeah, um, they've done the work. Uh, they put in their time. And they've been rewarded, and I feel like that's how it should be, um, you know. And, and I also want people to really talk about, you know, how much I really care about my players. Yeah. Um, you know, that's huge for me. We talked about relationships earlier. Um, you know, with other coaches when you're recruiting, um, but like your relationships with your players are key uh, because, especially at the college level, I, I always feel it's, it's not a four-year commitment um, for. A for a kid when they come to play you for you, it should be a forty-plus-year commitment. Yeah, wow. Um, because my my college coach, one of those things that he always talked about was, you know, when when you're with me, you're with me for life. Yeah. Um, and I really loved that saying all the time because I, it kind of felt that it wasn't a transactional relationship with him or the other guys on the team. Yeah. Uh, it was a transformational relationship. Wow. Uh, and, and I feel there like that's go. how it should be, and you know that's what. You know, I would really want people to, to think about me or my players and, you know, even parents uh, to really think about me as a coach. Coach, you said a couple things there that I kind of want to go back on. And I know some most of the time we end with that, but you talked about uh, transformational, not transactional. Man, that is huge. And that's something I even hear. I'm taking notes as we're talking, Coach. So I always do every every podcast, man. I got I got a stack full of notes right here next to me. I think that's so key because a lot of times players feel like at every level that they're being used. And mm-hmm. and I feel like the right coaches and the best coaches are the ones being used. And that's great because you're a resource. And you, you talked about trans, you know, being in, in a transfer uh, transformational type situation. I, I think that's huge because we're talking about helping not so much change kids' lives. In some cases, yes but a lot of times helping them cultivate a lifestyle and a mindset that's going to help them to transform the situation that they're coming out of 
even if it's a great situation. Sometimes the kids at the biggest disadvantages are the kids that had everything handed to them. They don't know how to earn. They don't know how to fight. They don't know how to be resilient or uh, you know persevere through things. So yeah, transformational relationships, fantastic word, Coach. I, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, here again, I appreciate your time, Coach. I know you, you're you're busy getting ready for this weekend and the uh, the life period and all that. You know, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate your time and uh, and I look forward to to really still connecting past this. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me. All right. Thank you. Listening to your guests that are coming on the pod, I, I really enjoy what you're doing and, and really love listening to the other guests that have been on as well. Coach, thanks again, and good luck this weekend as well. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.